0: All right, grab a seat unless you're headed down with the kids, and uh, more than welcome to do that, and uh, awesome. Man, y'all are messing me up. I got people that sit over there that are sitting over here now, and like, I got a whole crew sitting over, man, y'all are usually over there, but all right, I'll I'll get used to, I'll figure it all out here, no problem. I'm waiting for my clicker. (laughs) His name is JJ today. All right. Hey. So, uh, anyways, uh, in in all that, uh, Ben and Kelly, you guys like looking to do this again sometime, or you're just praying about it to see if you are. Uh, all right. So, if there's parents saying, "Dude, how I didn't know about that," you know, yeah, talk to Kelly and we'll see what all happens. And you're taking all the way up to teenagers, right? No, I'm just saying. You're, uh, anyways, if you have a desire to uh, be a part of that or in any way, shape or form, uh, give them a holler. I know it was definitely appreciated. And I'll bet you that the parents who went out on the date, I bet the whole first part of their date was, hey, what do you think our kids are doing now? <laughs> right? If you haven't been on a date in a while, you're really just like, yeah, that that's a topic of it. But Anyways, uh, it's not a one-hit wonder, so praise God for that, and praise God for everything that's going on. Thank you guys for sharing all the things that God is doing in your life. That's crucial, man. It's awesome, and how many of y'all are encouraged by that? Anybody encouraged to hear God is still working? And uh, that's it, so be looking for it because God's using your situation even when it's difficult. Man, when he gets you through it, it's going to be an encouragement to others, and what a great segue! If I'd have known you guys had all these job-related things, because that's what we're preaching on today—about uh, uh, employers and employees—and finishing up how God intended the world to be. Um, but things didn't in, You know, God sets set set it up for the world to be a certain way. But yet at the fall, Adam and Eve, they made a choice to not make it like God wanted it to be. And their offspring continue to make a choice. And how many of y'all are guilty of also making choices not the way God wants them to be? So so we all have that sin nature, so in this world, we talk talked about it before, we have three enemies and many people say, oh, I'm being attacked by the devil. I'm just going to say, if you're personally being attacked by the devil, you must be one important individual because he is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. He is not omnipotent, he is not all-powerful, and he is surely not omnipresent. So if he's messing with you, dude, you must be one important joker for him to be taking all of his time, effort, and energy to mess with. He does have demons, but here's how it generally works. And, 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 and get this, because it's easy for us to say, oh, I'm being attacked by the devil, and then when I get delivered, then I'll straighten up, everything will be cool, right? Isn't that an easy theology? Right, isn't that? I mean, that just sounds good, right, right Zane. Dude, if I'm being attacked by the devil, there ain't nothing I can do about it, man. It's like, all right, cool, man. I'm just gonna, you know what? I'm just gonna fight. I'm gonna try. I'm, gonna, you know, greater's the one in us, and you know all these different things. But the fact is, until I'm delivered, well, here's how it really works. The, the devil, he is our one enemy, but he has created a world system. That this system, that this world is created, the system, the way it's run, from our governments to our to our uh, to everything in this world, is Satan's world. You go read the New Testament and it tells you this is Satan's world. okay? and and but it's under God's authority. Everything is under God's authority. But at the fall, when man, you know, again, what's the only way that we can show God we love him is by what obeying him. And so to obey, you have to have a choice, right? And so if God doesn't give you a choice, then you don't have a choice and you can't choose Christ. So he's got to give you a choice to be able to make a choice to choose him. And so that's how since the fall God worked it out. Not saying it was, oh, I gotta figure something out now that you know Adam and Eve. No, all of this was planned from eternity. God knows everything. God is omniscient, God is omnipotent and and, and all-powerful. He is omnipresent. And that's why we live for him. So in this, The bottom line is once the once you guys started messing up the world, starting with Adam and Eve and making bad decisions, God just said, all right, go. You know what? I'm going to have you guys. I'm going to give you a chance to be redeemed. I'm going to have you give you a chance to be born again. And you don't have to make the same choices as the world. You don't have to live that way but it's going to be a choice where you choose me. Sally, we were talking about this last night on the phone, right? Where we live in this world system that everything about it is wrong, but God gave you a choice where you say, I don't want to do it this way. I'm born again. I have the Holy Spirit living in me. I want to do it your way, God. My way, or oh, what was the song we just sang? Yahweh, my way or Yahweh, all right? And I'm not taking that in vain. I'm just saying, keep that in mind. It's either my way or Yahweh. And so you make that choice to love him and do it his way. You're born again. And greater is the one that lives in us than the one that's in the world. The devil can't make you do anything. First Corinthians ten thirteen. There's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able. But with the temptation, he will make a way to escape. So you can't make your own way to escape. Whose way to escape do you got to take? His. So it's here's your life my way or yahweh all right that should have been a title for this and uh you all gave it to me my way or yahweh i'm gonna do it yahweh i'm choosing him because i love him in this world system the government's not gonna save us i don't care who we get elected In fact, so often in our history, when we had things so good with the whole leave it to beaver world, the rest of the world wanted to send missionaries because we were so lukewarm and not on fire for Christ. You know where Christianity grows? It grows in persecution. It grows in persecution where now this is your only choice. God rescues you or he doesn't. God provides or he doesn't. How many of y'all ever grew in some persecution, grew in some hard times? Dude, what was that dude's name? Oh man, the whale guy, Jonah. Yeah, you know, he said you can have one heck of a prayer meeting in the belly of a whale, right? <laughs> and I'm just saying that's where God puts us a lot of times. So we have the devil. Don't honor yourself so much to say, "Whoa, well, I'm under attack by the devil." It's like, no. In fact, I'm going to take it all the way down and show you where your attack really comes from. The devil doesn't hardly have to do anything. He's loving, getting the glory. Ha, look at these stupid humans making bad decisions, thinking I'm attacking them man, I'm getting old. He created a world system. And dude, the world system is so attractive. How many of y'all are attracted to the world system? Come on, man. Yeah. That's why it's either my way or Yahweh. You got to choose his way. Because if, if it wasn't, palatable, if it wasn't attractive, if it wasn't something to lure you. Scott, lure you. Y'all just caught some sailfish and stuff, right? Did you have to lure those self? Did you not just say, okay, sailfish, we really love you, and I have a new boat, and I want you to jump in my boat. No, you had to lure them, and you fooled them and tricked them, and they didn't like being tricked, man, but they had joy. Yeah, so you, you, he lures us with his world system, And the way we know what decision to make is by reading the word of God. Daily looking at the word of God. And that's why I keep harping on Proverbs again. I didn't even know you were doing the whole Proverbs thing, man. God put it on my heart right as y'all were ending. That this church, man, we need, dude, sit down for three minutes and read whatever the date is. Read that chapter of Proverbs. Ask God to make one thing stick out. Focus on that one thing. I did it for over 20 years while I'm trying to raise kids and it helped me. It helped me. It helped me. Can you imagine how bad of a dad I'd have been without it? (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying, yeah, you're like, well, dang, it should have helped you more than that. Well, you can imagine how bad it would have been if I didn't do it. If I had got to do what I wanted to do in parenting, you know, instead of what God was telling me to do. But man, it's so important. We see the word of God. It's the only truth we have. This world is a lie. It is dying. It is cursed. And we keep trying to rearrange deck chairs on the Titanic, don't we? We keep, save the world, save the world. Go read scripture and you tell me where that's at. I'm not saying destroy it. Because we who did God put in charge of the earth to take care of it? Man. And women are supposed to help the men do it, right? That was Adam and Eve's gig, right? So we're going to be held accountable. We don't do things to destroy it. But you're not going to save it. You're not going to save it. It's not savable. That's why he says, invest in a different kingdom, man. You invest in some. And so as we do what we do here, this, this last section of scripture is gonna help us understand. Well, why do I go to work? What is my purpose? What am I doing here? What, you know, all of this, and how do I reconcile all of that? I gotta work, I gotta have money, I gotta eat, all this. The fact is, is Satan has a world system that is very attractive to us before we're born again. And that's called our flesh. Our flesh nature cares about who? Who does our flesh nature care about? Me. Me. That's who it cares about. If I'm going to be nice to somebody, if I'm going to do something for somebody, it's not out of a a love for God and a desire to glorify God. I'm going to do something nice because in the end, it's going to benefit me or benefit somebody that one day is going to benefit me. That's the world's selfish system that we live in. But God has, get, when he lets us be born again, we have a choice to make decisions for him instead of us. And there are better results, but sometimes those aren't going to come till much later. And so in this, we have the, the, our first enemy is Satan, who created a world system, and, and our third enemy is us. How many of y'all know you're your worst enemy? And we call it the flesh, so, we've got, the, we've got Satan, the world system, and the flesh. The flesh is very much like those stupid sailfish. And, and some sailfish are smarter than others, right? You know, some of y'all are smarter than others. Believe me, man, Some of most of y'all are smarter than me, man. I'm just saying, if it wasn't the word of God saying, bing, 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 that's a lure with a hook. Don't jump on it. He's putting you in a frying pan. No, otherwise, I'd jump all over it. It's the word of God daily that's like, no, don't do it. And I'm like, woo, good, because I was going full blast after that, God. Any y'all ever have the word of God stop you from going full blast into something stupid? That's what He wants to do daily. Well, I think I'm gonna wait till Sunday and hear what the preacher has to say. And no, you're gonna get hooked so many times during the week, it's gonna, you're gonna mess things up. I'll go to Bob. I mean, you gotta be in it yourself daily. Because that's where he's saying, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't do this, don't do this. Or do this, do this, do this, do this. He helps us make those decisions. In fact, John 14, 26, when Jesus was getting ready to leave. Can you imagine being one of the disciples? And you were with Jesus, man, the whole time. You sold your life, your fishing business, your everything. When 60, 70% of people were slaves and you had a job and you quit your job to follow Jesus. And you're with him and now he says, I'm going to die. Tomorrow I'm getting crucified. Tomorrow I'm going to be dead and I'm going to be gone. What? What are we going to do? And John 14, 15, 16, all of that all in there where he talks about the vine and the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to send another comforter, one exactly like me, that's going to be able to live in each one of you. He's going to be omnipresent, which Jesus Christ was not. He's going to be able to be in every single one of us who who believe in him. And he says, this Holy Spirit John 14, 26, one of my most encouraging verses for me is he says, when he comes, he's gonna teach you everything you need to know. You believe that, Sean? The Holy Spirit in you is gonna teach you everything you need to know, as long as you're willing to learn. You ever see somebody so stupid they don't wanna listen to the teacher? (laughs) I got that nature, right? But when I realize what I'm up against, when I realize what I'm up against in this world system, when I want to choose Yahweh, not my way, and I want to choose that, man, the only way I'm going to know the answer to this super hard test is to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. And even if the Holy Spirit's already taught it to you, you know what he says in John 14, 26? I'm I'm going to teach you everything you need to know, but I'm also going to bring to remembrance everything I've already taught you. How many of you old people like me are grateful he brings back the things we forgot? Yeah. Oh, then y'all are old. Okay, go ahead. No. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he brings that back. So we have this—we have this war, Satan, who has this world system set up. It is the ultimate fishing boat to try to catch men. <laughs> Think about that. And what did Jesus say we were going to be if we follow him? We're going to be what? Fishers of men. So you understand you're in competition with Satan in a fishing tournament, dude. That's revolutionary right there. So so if you're falling for his lures, how in the world are you going to be catching the fish he wants you to catch, who he catches, in all of that? So that's why, man, we should be way beyond falling for all of these temptations that the flesh offers. We should be so focused that now we are representing Christ. And just like your boss, uh, or just like the guy sitting next to you, just like the people, I've heard numerous of you tell me that people see something different in your life. And they want it. It's like, what is it? But it's usually during tough times that they've got to see it. Because anybody can be stoked during good times, right? But it's during those tough times where they see, wow, you got something different. So we have Satan, who has a world system, who uses our flesh, so you know what you really mean most of the time when you say, oh, the, the devil's attack." Pray for my attack. I'm being attacked by the... No, you know what's happening? He's dragging a lure in front of your face that you are finding it hard to resist. So it's not the devil at all. It's your flesh. It is your flesh. And the more you feed your flesh, the more you want to feed your flesh. The more you feed your spirit, the less you will fall the tricks of the flesh Scott you ever drag bait with no hook in it really I, I thought you offshore guys sometimes don't you don't you drag teasers or different yeah 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 teasers different yeah so they're looking at it like oh dude and you know what devil would love to do he's dragging him a ballyhoo who no hook but he grab onto you like oh yeah dude we just found lunch we found a buffet right but there's one that's gonna have a hook in it man that's his plan so, we live in that world that is, and it's messed up. So, but our choice, we have to choose Yahweh, not my way in all of this. So, I'm gonna read you something again, and I'm not gonna preach on this like I did last week, please, God, though. I just wanna read it, and I wanna give limited critique because there's another quote I found in a John MacArthur book that I like his stuff. I'm not saying, you know, there's no commentator, I totally agree with everybody, but another quote from John MacArthur that he put that is kind of explained economically what happened to this world. And, and, and so I want to read this to you. Go ahead, John, JJ. John, John, Jacob, JJ. No, no, no. John, JJ. All right. So listen to this. And I'm not saying you agree with all of this. You may not, whatever. You take this up with John and Jesus. And you know, I'm, I'm the messenger in this. But, but listen, listen, if you want to see read it in its entirety, see it again. It's on my, fa- my personal Facebook page. It's been there. Uh, I I, I had it there last week when I intended to kind of preach, but it's probably economically. You know, when the government says, dude, every one of you are going to get $6,000 checks. How many of y'all are excited if the government's going to send you a six grand check? Anybody? Until you really realize what that is going to do, and later it's going to cause inflation. (laughs) Most people don't understand economics. The government doesn't give you jack. Where does the government get anything from? From you, or they make it up out of thin air. And so anyways, before I get into that, I'm just going to read this, okay? And take a look at what has happened to our society and know how different it is that we have to live and how easy it is to fall into this. And and, and dude, we're, being, we're drowning in this right now. And it's going to get worse according to what Paul wrote Timothy until it's time, but... Just like I told you in 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, he will make a way to escape. You got to take his way. You got to do things his way. Yahweh, not my way. Everybody say that. Yahweh, not my, not my way. So even if you fall asleep or you turn me out, I know, dude, I, I, I've seen the look. I know so many of you guys, how you can like turn it. You're looking like you're looking at me but the lights are not on inside, right? That's why I call on you, Scott, because you can sleep in any position, right? I'm I'm keeping you awake today. So listen to this. I'm just going to kind of read this. might give a little commentary on this, but it's just a great simple explanation of how the world got to be where it is right now. The sin of greed is the primary fuel that feeds the inflationary spiral that has become a common part of modern life in most parts of the world. (laughs) It's greed's fault. The reason we have hyperinflation, the reason even in, dude, check this out. In the tribulation period, go read uh, Revelation chapter 6. During that tribulation period, there's going to be hyperinflation. There's signs of it now, but in there, it's gonna, you're going to work all day for just a little bit of barley. You, wheat's not even going to be available. Wheat's the stuff you need. Barley is just garbage. It's going to fill, it's like what the manatees are eating right now. They finally told us manatees are dying, not because of us terrible odors. They're dying because of the pollution that's killed all the grass that they eat. And now, uh, Kathy, what were you feeding? You were telling me a story. You were like after one of the hurricanes, you were feeding them cheeseburgers or something, right? Ham Ham and cheese. That's all she had. That ain't real good for a manatee. I'm just saying but it was all they had. You see the manatees up there eating. They're, they're feeding them with water. They're trying to set up feeding stations for them, but they've messed up what God set up. And, and so, so, man, barley in the tribulation period, it's going to cost a full day's wages just to buy something to fill you up that is going to have of no nutritional value for you. You're going to starve to death like a manatees. That's what's going to happen so it's going to happen there how many of y'all are not planning on being around during the tribulation anybody plan on being out of here by that time yes i'm I'm, praise god i'm gonna be at a wedding party a wedding feast with christ chowing that's why it's so important that we share the gospel right now because i don't want to see anybody left behind in that and it's not a matter of god not wanting them it's them not wanting god understand that god so loves the world man But there's a lot of people who don't want to be with them. You don't want to be with them right now. Why would you want to be with them in heaven forever? You know? So that's how that whole thing works. Sin of greed is the primary fuel that feeds the inflationary spiral that has become a common part of modern life in most parts of the world. When everyone wants more. How many of y'all want more? Of something. Anything. Isn't that our nature? Terry, do you want more? And You don't have to tell me what you want more of. Dude, I want more sleep. I want more I want more food. I want more. Yeah, we want more. Look what happens when we want more. So when everyone wants more, prices go up. Uh, prices must rise to pay for higher wages and profits so the people who want more can have more, right? Because where else is it going to come from? Oh, we'll get to that. The government, yes, they can print money. <laughs> and, and then more becomes less. We'll, we'll look at that and as prices rise and money and again i do know economics all right and i'm giving you a very simple thing and some of you are economists some of you can go in great detail and give me all the theories it's there but the simple fact is is that there's got to be something backing something otherwise otherwise what you have it just because they say just because they give you more doesn't mean it's going to be worth more in fact the more they give the less it is so as prices rise and money therefore buys less okay so you want more right all right you want more so all right well I want more so they got to pay you more that means guys doing it's got to invest more he's got to make profit you got to pay more so there's got to be more right so in order to get it I got to charge you more so everything costs more but as price is in rise and money therefore buys less what do you want as an employee employee now more (laughs) right don't you want more are you happy not being able to buy as much as you used to be able to buy? No, I, ha- I expect this certain level, so I want more, so I need more. The only way you're going to get more is if you rise pra- raise prices. People still want higher pay or profits to make up the difference. When the government becomes heavily involved, uh-oh, <laughs> For, there goes our whole free market system that seems to balance itself out. every time. Hey, what is the government good at? Nothing. <laughs> no, they're good at no, you know what? They're, they're not good at business. You cannot show me one business that they have made better by taking it over. It, it, it may be a business that would have failed if they didn't, but maybe it should have in a free market. But the point is, is, you know what the government's job is? And, and again, they're to protect us. They're to make it possible for us to make a living. They're to make it possible. They're not supposed to have their hands and everything. But when you want more and you're not getting more, who do you look for to give you more? The government, help me out. All right, when the government becomes heavily involved in various subsidies and supports, yeah, it does mess up the balances of things, right? Uh, uh, And supports, then taxes, the national debt, or both must be raised. Anybody have to refute that? Is that not what's going on? Is that not what's happening that continues to be happening? And this was written years ago. If the government prints more money without backing, uh uh-oh, what happens now? Government prints a bunch of money, but they don't really have any more riches. What happens to the money that you do have? It's now worth less. And if it's, and if it's worth less, then it takes more dollars to buy the same thing. And that's what we call what? Inflation. Okay. There's your economics course right there. So when the government's, pr- how long has the government been printing money? They can't back up. And how much each, is each, each new thing to pay for stuff, how much more are they paying? You see your dollar's worth nothing. And, and it's, it's a continued process. If the government prints more money without backing, the value of all its money is decreased. And again, people want, what's the word? More. So now your money's worth less, but I want, what do you, what do you want? What do you want? More. Is there anybody here that does not want more of anything? I want more of Jesus. Yes, that's what we're going to preach on. But you see, the devil has this beautiful world system that our flesh loves. And we have found ways to compromise our Christianity, make our Christianity comfortable where we can want more of this world and Christ. And, you know, I really need to find a balance. Between Christ and this world, no. In fact, John 2, chapter verse six, John, chapter, uh, 2 John 2, 16, he says, don't love the world or the things of the, of the world. Uh, uh, he said, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The more you love this world, less you love Christ in this. The more you're chasing these fake lures here, trying to find a balance. What did Jesus say in Matthew 6, 33? And I'm preaching to me, guys. What he say in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and the junk in this world and find a balance and everything will be added unto you. No, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I'm not saying stuff is bad. You, you invest in not stuff, you invest in people. I figure that out, man. My kids, they look at me, they're like, if you were to come over, you'd be like, dang, look at all this junk you have. <laughs> they're scared when I die. And I'm like, I don't care what y'all do. That's your inheritance. Y'all better learn how to sell on eBay because I didn't buy junk, man. God hooked me up with good deals. But all the paddle boards I have, is it so I can have a paddle board collection? No, what's my purpose? It's others so I can take people out. Why do I have all these surfboards? Because at certain times, there was a time in my life. Why do I have all the fish rods, Dude, we used to have a bunch of guys going out fishing. Scuba, uh, scuba, we we did some snorkeling. I got so many masks and snorkeling and fins, because there's times of year where, dude, I'll take a ton of people out. And again, I gotta find our balance and all that. I haven't used my scuba gear in a while. And that's not your fault. <laughs> it's, it's my fault. But but again, we can justify all kinds of different things. But the fact is, man, is we gotta. Is it my way or Yahweh, God? And every one of us, the more we want, the more we want. Hey, how many of y'all reject a raise because it's just not good for the company? (laughs) Heck no, dude! woo God gave me a raise! (laughs) Yeah, we're going to jack up minimum wage to $21 an hour. Yeah! How much is a quarter pounder going to cost now? You understand? So here it is, the more you want, the more it costs, the the more you have to pay, the more you want, the more it costs. So now the government has to get involved somehow, and the government's, you know, oh, let's print more, now it's worth less, so more, more, it just keeps exploding. If the government prints more money without backing, the value of all its money is decreased, and again, people want what? To make up the difference, Right. Do you realize there was a time where people could have a little chunk of property and they could work on that little chunk of property and everything they needed, they could have on that chunk of property, little chunk of property. Y'all remember hearing about them days? Did you ever live in those days? That was my granny's farm, man. You can't do it now. It's hard to have even one earner income. It's it's hard to even have a husband and wife both working their butts off and, and be able to make a living doing that now. And again, it's because this is spiraled out of control. And, and again, I'm not saying we're going to go back to this utopia in this planet. This planet's messed up. But somehow, some way, we as believers have to apply these principles that we're going to learn in Scripture here in just a minute. It's, it, it, it added to all of this is the principle, as possessions increase, so does what? What? Greed. You all agree? Are you ever satisfied? You ever satisfied with your surfboard? No. Heck no. Now, especially when you ain't surfing good. It's like, it is the board's fault, man. Right? I need a little more float, a little less tail, a little thinner rail, a little... Yeah, I I get it. But it's true with everything that we have. You know, there's things we're not... you ever satisfied with your car. Whatever it is that you love, man, the satisfaction, the more you have, it feeds that greed So out of all the principles, as possessions increase, so does greed, because greed is by nature insatiable. That's what God says. You go read Proverbs. He says there's three things that are never satisfied, you know, and the leech says, give, give, give the fire. Man, you read that in this last couple of weeks in Proverbs. Greed is insatiable. You will never get enough to be satisfied if your satisfaction comes from what you have. Where does our satisfaction have to come from, y'all? From God. That's what Paul wrote in the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians, the book of joy. Where did he write that from, y'all? In prison. And here's what he said. Your joy doesn't come from having the right circumstances, the right situations, the right everything. Your joy comes with the fact knowing you have an unchangeable relationship with the living God. And no one can take that away from you. That's what you find your joy in. And then you find that your purpose now is to spread that joy here. And not let the world steal your joy because of junk. It is likely that he says modern Western society is the greediest in all of history. (laughs) I mean, think about, I hear it a lot. How many of y'all would say even our poor are some of the richest in the world? Man, it was going to Haiti a couple, three, four, five times a year when I got to go. There were so many times I'd go and I'd be like, oh, my house. Oh, I got to fix it. Man, I don't make enough money to do this, to do that. You know, anybody ever have those little parties? No, I don't have enough. To do I don't have, you know, anybody? Come on. Let me see your hand. God knows your heart. <laughs> oh, God knows my heart. I like when Zane said that. God knows my heart. Yeah, and you should be scared because <laughs> he knows your heart. <laughs> Yeah. And then I'd go to Haiti and I would see, oh, all right. Thank you, God, for what I do have. Because I do have a little more than that. But I'd also see, wow, look at all the stuff I have. I don't need. Oh, my goodness. God, look at what I should be doing more with what I do have. I'm going to be held accountable to you to do what you want me to do. Why did you give me this stuff, God? What am I supposed to do with it? Now my life becomes consumed, figuring out what I'm supposed to do with it. And just because he gave it to me doesn't mean it's for me. In fact, if you love God, who does he cause you to love? Others. So most of the junk he gives you is for who? Yeah. But who do we think it's for, Brandon? Me. In fact, I got a storage shed that I pay more money on. And that wasn't big enough, so I got a bigger storage shed and a bigger one. And I mean, I think sometimes when I go to Goodwill, you know what I get really excited about when I find a Goodwill a really good storage box a waterproof storage box or man i find a waterproof bag i find something that i can actually put junk in <laughs> i can store stuff i have i'm like yes i have a better bag to put my stuff in now <laughs> and in fact you know what really is a convicting thing at goodwill or the pawn shop when i'm there they're like, hey, sir, would you like a bag for your bag? And I'm like, no. I can't even believe I'm buying another bag. I already have a bag for it, but this is a better bag to put all my bags and all my other stuff. I do, in my closet, I have a bunch of dive bags. And you know what they're in? They're in a bag. <laughs> I got all my bags in a bag, in a bag. And, 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 and again, greed is unsa- it's sa- insatiable. It is likely that modern Western society in, is the greediest in history. Go ahead, JJ. <coughs> Everyone wants more for less, and the ascending spirals of inflation, debt, and taxation are unabated. How are such seemingly un, in oh sorry, irreconcilable problems to be resolved? How do we fix this? Can we fix it? No, because the world is going down. This is what God knew would happen. This is what. How do we fix it? We. Try to make choices based on what he wants. You go between what's that? Yahweh. Everybody say Yahweh. Yahweh, or, and you start making those choices. Yahweh. Hey, you want another another paddleboard? You want another? Yeah, if it's gonna. Yeah, I could use a few more because we need more people that uh, that we want more paddleboards. I gotta limit. Uh, again. You gotta look at is it Yahweh or my way? My way or Yahweh in this. Everyone wants more for less, and the ascending spiral of inflation, debt taxation is unabated. How are such seemingly irreconcilable problems solved? Listen to this, okay? And you're hearing this right now. Well, obviously, the free market and capitalism isn't taking care of it. You heard that? You hear that? Isn't that, what's, isn't that what's what one of the platforms is going for right now? So many people advocate some form of what? yeah let's just let the government do it all give it all to the government and let them dish it all out isn't that a good idea how many of y'all plan to go to a restaurant today let me see your hands restaurant go eat how many of y'all would like to sit down look at a menu and say hmm i think i would like to order this oh wait i'm going to look on the lunch special that's cheaper anybody look at lunch special because it's cheaper right man i want to order how many of y'all want to choose how you spend your money yeah, and what value you get out of it. How many of y'all like just walk in and say, yep, there's my 40 bucks, there's mine, and then they give you whatever they want from the back of the kitchen? How many of y'all want to do that? That's socialism. And what you get isn't what you want. It isn't what you order. It isn't what you like. It isn't what you want. It's none of that. That's not the answer. Well, we can't take care of it. The government must be able to take care of it. And it says, so many advocate some form of socialism in which the government has total control of the economy. What a great idea. As greed increases, and I'm saying that facetiously, and greed increases and self-interest becomes more hard and more government control may be required to prevent anarchy. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that what's being preached to us right now? Dude, hey, it's getting out of control. You know what? I mean, look at all the headlines from yesterday if you ever even read any. Boy, there's going to be some political... There's a civil war rising up right now. There's political uprising over these next elections. It's going to be dangerous. And it may be, it may not. I don't know. I'm not going to chase the rubber ball because I'm going to show you what we're going to chase. That's what they do. They got a rubber ball. How many of y'all got a dog? Anybody got a dog? And you throw that rubber ball, what do they do? Anything, man. I saw somebody had a... Somebody, somebody had a meme yesterday I saw. Just, I, I'm, don't, this is Holy Spirit inspired. It showed two cats. <laughs> I'm just telling you this. I saw two cats. They had two cats and they were fighting. Rah! All of a sudden they heard a bird. And <laughs> What did the cats do? <laughs> Isn't that how the media, how the world system controls your flesh? It can, and without being in the word of God, we fall for it whether it's a bird or it's a rubber ball or whatever it is, it's got to be the Word of God. There's a lot of stuff out there that sounds good. It even sounds Christian. It even sounds biblical, but it's not. Only the Bible is biblical. And you've got the author living in you. And if you don't have the author living in you, I want to tell you, you need him. And if you have any desire right now to surrender everything you know about yourself to everything you know about Christ, do it. Because that it's going to become more and more and more valuable to you. And it's going to be most valuable to you when you die. Because without them you're going to bust hell wide open, which is not God's intention for you. Revelation suggests, I talked about this, the final antichrist. This is Revelation 18, not even the tribulation period. Revelation 18 suggests the final Antichrist will come into power through great worldwide economic system in which virtually all power is centered in the hands of a few elite leaders. (laughs) Y'all see handwriting on the wall there? Dude, we got a new king in England, don't we? I'm not even going to. Go ahead. But God did not design man's freedom to work against man. He designed it to allow us to earn a living, provide for our family. How many of y'all just want to do that? is that what you want? To provide for our families and be of service to others. That's what God designed. Allow us to earn a living, provide for our family, be of service to others, yet as in every other area of life, man's depra- deep depraved nature, sinful nature, The nature you're born with isn't good enough. It gets you to hell. That's why you need to be born again, so he gives you a new nature. Man's original depraved nature turns God's provision into selfish ends. Because when you get saved and you love God, who does he cause you to love? Others. And you get the benefit. But prior, everything you do in life is for who? Everybody say me. But as long as you're alive, you have that choice. When you say, I'm going to do it my way. Who's it for? Me. Me. When you do it, Yahweh, you do it for him. You do it for him. Not others, you're doing it for him. And that's what we see. Go ahead, JJ. Oh, there's more. One more little thing. And with problems in relations between husbands and wives, parents and children, the solution to labor relation problems must begin with God's solution, salvation through Jesus Christ and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That's the solution to it all. You guys remember when we started this? How does God say? He said, man, wives, submit to your husbands. Here's a mission that God has for you guys. And, and here's a mission I've given you as a family. And so, and yeah, I'm putting the husband in charge and you help him. How many, y'all, how many of y'all know husbands need help? If they were left themselves, they'd make a total mess, wouldn't they? They wouldn't be able to find anything and it'd be right in front of their face, Right. Look how valuable your position is in submitting, being, getting under the mission. Everybody's got their position in that mission. And so we do it that way. Is that the way the world's doing it? Absolutely not. Kids, oh my goodness, kids, obey your pa- and honor your parents. And parents, teach them what it means to honor and obey by teaching them the right things. Boy, how much is that going on? Or somebody else teaching your kids more than you are. They don't even know, they're learning from the world what's right and wrong in that. He said, man, but here's what we're supposed to be doing. Now, he says, employers and employees. Oh, man, here's how you can make a difference in the world. And it was so beautiful to hear, Lucinda, what you said. To hear what Zane said. Hear what all you guys talked to, many of you guys talked Karen, your job. Most of you, that's what you said in your, during the, the, the praise jar, the joy bucket. Now, what is it called again, Zane? The Hallelujah Kettle. It's like It's got so many names, but you know what it is? It's praising God for what he did during the week that you saw him do because you chose Yahweh over my way. And you watched him work like, oh my goodness, you're not going to believe what God did. He did what he said he was going to do. But we choose our way over Yahweh so often that when he does it, it's like, whoa. And it should blow us away where it's always a hallelujah moment. So continuing this, look at these last four verses here. And then next week, J.J.'s preaching. It sounds like Zane's preaching the week after that. I don't know. And then after that, we get into the armor of God. And we finish Ephesians, see where God takes us. Go ahead, J.J. Ephesians 5.9, he says, bond servants. Yes, he's talking about slaves. And slavery has been around forever, and it's in practice right now. You understand, like in the Mideast, you understand in the world right now, slavery's not gone. Yes, America had their gig. And, and, in, and in all of this, and I'm not here to talk about slavery in all of this. God has principles. God Here, Paul, with the slavery that was going on in Rome at that time, Paul wasn't saying, oh, we need to end slavery. He wasn't out to kill an organization. What he was, what he was preaching to do was change an organism, which is You. Once you become born again, now you view things differently. And in fact, American slavery, one of the greatest things that helped change it was the preaching of John Wesley and some of the preachers of his day preaching, this is what God says. So it wasn't out to specifically, it wasn't social justice. Social justice is worthless unless you've got got God inside you. You start making your decisions. Who was it? Oh my goodness! I can't think of his name. It was a British revivalist, uh, Gypsy Smith. Here's what he said: "You want to see revival, Scott? You want to see revival, bro? You want to see revival? Come here, man! I'll show you some revival, dude. Come right here. You want to see revival, man? All right. Draw. Can you bend down, man? Draw a circle around you. Draw a circle around your feet, man. Oh yeah, just draw a circle right around your feet. Don't move. No move. Don't get outside that circle, man." All right, that's good, Scott. That's good. You can stand up. We believe there's a circle there. All right. Oh, glasses too. Yes. If Scott wants to see revival, where's he got to see revival? In that circle, brother. In that circle, you see revival in that circle. Any one of you want to see revival? Isn't it what? Oh, if the church, if the government, if if this person. No, you want to see revival. Gypsy Smith said, "You want to see circle. Uh, you want to see revival. Draw a circle around yourself, and when you see revival in there, you'll see revival." Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> so you want to see revival? Draw a circle around yourself, man, and make revival right here. And that's what—that's what just changed all cultures since Christ. But in here, you know what? In fact, Paul's saying to the slaves, he's like, "Oh, what about Philemon? Y'all remember Philemon or Philemon, However you want to pronounce that, I call him Philemon. That's a southern pronunciation." <laughs> I think up in New York, y'all say Philemon, maybe. No, no, okay, it's Philemon too. All right, good. And uh, so anyways, you remember what Paul told? He was a runaway slave, got saved. Woo, I'm saved now, I'm a free man. Was he free physically? Socially? Economically? No, he was free spiritually. And in fact, God used many slaves. Those horribles, all that. Well, he used many slaves. Did we get any spiritual benefits from people Who were in slavery? You better believe we did. Many of our hymns, many of our things. And again, could God eliminate that instantly if He chose to? Yeah. Are people who made the bad decisions to put them in those positions accountable for that to God? Absolutely. God wants to change your position. He changes. So this isn't about slavery. Slavery has been in this world since day one, and it's probably even in greater existence now in this world. And it's not... Condoned or it's not brought down. There's principles that are in here. So he's talking to bond servants. Uh, in essence, you know what a bond servant is? It's employee. How many other feel like slaves in your job? <laughs> Anybody? I'm not saying, you know, you know, whatever. But, but literally, you are. And in fact, Israel. Check this out. Israel, you could I, I couldn't take couldn't, couldn't you could buy slaves from from the pagan nations. But Israel could actually, if somebody was a thief and they couldn't pay their debt, they could actually become a bond servant for a period of time and serve the person and earn the money back to pay them back to rest uh, for restitution. And at the end of their slavery, there was other causes. People could voluntarily, if they were in a in a bad position, they could volunteer to be a slave. But it was only for a period because you even remember in Israel; they had the year of Jubilee. It was a six-year gig. A seventh year. For everybody, whether you bought them in the third year, the fifth year, whatever, they were free and they were released. But even somebody could choose to continue to be a slave to that master by putting their ear up against the doorpost and they would poop, they'd punch a hole in it, and that meant he voluntarily committed to being a slave to that person. Why would somebody do such a thing? Why would you commit to being a slave to somebody? Anybody got any good ideas of why you might do that? Because what? Dude, they're good to me. I love them. I've developed a relationship. I don't want to be with anybody else. I like this relationship. Hey, let me ask you a question. In Scripture, are you a slave? Yeah, in fact, we did a disservice in the way that they have, the way that they have uh, uh, translated things. The word servant, nine times out of ten in the New Testament, when you hear the word servant, it should actually be translated slave. But it didn't have a good connotation. So, so again, I am a slave of Christ. If I say I am a servant of Christ, doesn't that sound like I get to choose? Oh, I serve him and I serve me. I serve, I'm a servant during this. If you're a slave, do you have a choice? When do you have a choice? Who calls the shots? And that's literally what it means when you sell yourself to Christ for your salvation. He purchased you with a price. What did he purchase you with? His blood. And is there anything more valuable than his blood? no so you were dude you were purchased with the most valuable thing this planet knows does that make you valuable dude you're the most valuable thing on this planet and not just to her i'm just saying you were purchased but he couldn't have paid more for you how many of y'all are cool with being a slave to god we're a brother we're, we're 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 a brother in christ yet we're a son but we're a slave and it doesn't sound good but listen it's cool to be a slave depending on who your master is. Could we have a better master than Jesus Christ? No. You want to keep calling servant? I think that's going to mess your theology up because I think as servant, it's like, okay, I'll go serve in the nursery. Woo, now I'm done. Now I can go serve myself. I'll go serve here. Now I can serve. Now, when does a slave get to serve himself? And when you look at it, it's doulios in the Greek. It's a third-level galley slave third level so up on the top level if you're a slave you know what you're like doing duties up there you're seeing the sunlight right if you're in the second level yeah you don't see much sunlight but it isn't as bad as being in the third level what gets in the third level everything from the first and second level it's a bilge and it is literally where it was the lowest place of being a slave, was a third level galley slave. Down there, they were rowing. Everything drained in there. And that's how Jesus Christ describes our relationship to Him. Yes, we're a son. Yes, we're, we're, uh, uh, we're a son in this. Yes, we're His brother. But you are also a slave. He wants you to understand, when you give Him your life, how much do you give Him? Who gets to call the shots? No, exactly. He's totally in charge. But He loves you. He loves you more than anyone could love you. So would you want to be... Uh, uh, by the way, if you're not a slave of Christ, who are you a slave of? Scripturally, who are you a slave of? Yeah. You may think, oh, no, I'm the boss. <laughs> you're the most deceived person in the world. Especially if you're married. No, I'm just saying. But, <laughs> but no, uh, there, you're, either, you're, you're either owned by Satan or you're owned by Christ who's a better master <laughs> he loves you dude and, and 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 understand that connotation that's in there it's a great thing to be a slave because the master spo- what's his responsibility He <laughs> take care of you what did david say <laughs> i'm a dumb sheep man <laughs> if i get wet on top i flip over man <laughs> dumb sheep how many of y'all are dumb sheep so so what do you need to be successful A smart shepherd. (laughs) A good shepherd. What did David say in Psalm 23? He said, the Lord, he's my shepherd. Other people are saying, yeah, Satan's my shepherd. Because the Lord's not my shepherd. The Lord's my shepherd. And he said, what's the next thing he says, Devin? The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not... Yeah, I don't need jack. I don't need nothing. Whatever I need, he's provided. But he's in total control. And as a dumb sheep, all I do when I don't follow him is do what? Get in trouble. Y'all know anything about that, (laughs) y'all? You're a dumb sheep. Follow him. I'm a dumb sheep. Follow him. In that. So look what he says. Bond servants. These are people who got their salvation and they were thinking, that's going to change my social status. He said, no, you're still an employee. No, you're still an employer. No, you're still committed to this person for however long. And it was not a good thing in Rome if you want to read about Roman slavery. It was horrible. It was worse than American slavery. If you really read about it, you're a piece of property. You could do anything. And and Paul is saying, no, you go back and you obey and you do this because God knows exactly where you're at and He's got a purpose for it. Doesn't He, Lucinda? He knows where you're at and He's got a purpose for it. Just because you ain't smart enough to see it until He shows it to you, doesn't mean He doesn't have that purpose. Bond servants, look at what He says. Obey your earthly masters. If they're asking you to do something, again, just with submission, with a husband and wife, and obedience with a child and parents, if they're asking you to do something that is against God, not against your preferences, but against God, literally against God, then you know what? You're in a better situation than the children and even, the, and even the, the husbands and wives. Because if you're at a job, what can you do? You don't like it, what can you do? Quit! But I'll have to give up. You either obey or you quit. That's what God's saying right here. Go find you another job. Go do something else. He says, obey your earthly masters. We said, with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. So again, it's not like, oh, I'm going to get beat. No, if you are literally working for Christ, if tomorrow Jesus Christ showed up in the flesh you know, as the lamb <laughs> with the blood-stained hands and the scars and he's got the crown and he's that warrior lamb and he shows up at your work and says, Chris, <laughs> would your attitude change a little bit? A little bit. You take that boss a little serious, right? That's what he's saying. Hey, well, I want you to see it this way whether you're self-employed, however you're employed. He said, man, with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would for Christ. In other words, who are you working for? Hey, don't, don't want some of y'all work at that coffee company. the Florida. You, you, where do you work at? The old Florida coffee company. Who do you work for? Jesus, yeah. Uh, Laura Kerner, who's working right now at a baseball tournament, she showed me a hat she was so excited about. I said, Jesus is my boss. I used to have a bumper sticker when I was a carpenter. It said, my boss was a Jewish carpenter. It's like it kept me reminded that I work for Christ. I work for Christ. I've had deacons and elders and personnel teams. And hey, you know what? If you don't do this and blah, blah, blah in our church, you're going to. I'm like, I don't work for you guys. I don't work for you guys. I work for Jesus Christ. And if you don't see me fitting in there, then, then you got to do what you got to do. But I'm not going to be intimidated by you when I believe this is what God wants me to do biblically in this. Now, I'm not saying He doesn't use that to shape you because any conflict I've ever had with authority, I would say 90% of the time I was the one who was wrong and God was using them to shape me. Listen to this very quickly. Proverbs 21.1, I've shared this before, but it's on my heart again. And you've got to see it. When you have a problem with authority, Proverbs 21.1, this will rescue you. Listen to what it says. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And as the rivers of water, he'll turn it whatever way he wants. The king's heart. The king is anybody in authority in Proverbs. Anybody anybody who's in authority, that's how Proverbs refers to him as the king. It can be your boss, right? Their heart, their heart is where they make their decisions. And it's in whose hand, y'all? God's hand. Even if he's the most wretched, unsaved, what if he hates God? What if he's a Satanist and he hates God? Where's his heart? In God's hand. That's what the scripture tells us. And God's not going to make anybody do anything. But what he says is, as the rivers of water, he will turn it whatever way he wants. The water turns in the cove, Zane, because it hits a bank. And there's more pressure on it. It, It's more beneficial for it to turn than to try to overflow the bank. So what God will do with your boss, if you are obedient, is he will put pressure on them to turn and do something different. How many of y'all believe God is a big enough God to change even your boss's heart and mind? Yeah. What about our president? Could he do that? But if he doesn't, what does that mean? No. And there's something for us to learn in the midst of all of that. So you know how God had me pray about this? God, You change their heart where they're wrong, and you change my heart where I'm wrong. And guess whose heart he's always trying to change? Mine. <laughs> when I know they're wrong, I know they're messed up. If you never submit to authority, if God, God uses authority like a chisel and a hammer to shape you into the image of Christ. He says obey your authority. And in fact, if you go to Titus, he said, even when they're beating you and they're mean, talking about slavery, go read Titus. He says, even when they're being they're hurting you, when they're abusing you, obey them. (laughs) Again, there's go read that. It's it's not my words, it's God's words. But often what he's doing with authority is he's shaping you. Because we don't allow him to shape us willingly, do we? He's got to break out that belt sander with the 80 grit sandpaper sometimes. Can't you use 120? How about some polishing 600? (laughs) No, dude, I'm just breaking. After that comment, I'm breaking down to 60 now. (laughs) You know, he wants us to be like him. So with fear and tremble, with a, a sincere heart, as you would Christ. If it was God Almighty right there as your boss, that's how you obey. Your other choice is to do what? Quit. Yeah. And they didn't have that choice as a slave. Go ahead, JJ, next one. Not... By the way, of I serve... Oh, go back one more. Go back, go back, go back. i got to cover a word here. Look, with a sincere heart. A sincere heart, okay? And listen to what sincere means. It means without wax, okay? So I've told some of you this before. Um, sincere. It means without wax. What would happen is a potter. Somebody had the, uh, the, the job of a potter. They had a field. And they would dig up clay, dig up clay. They would use it. And they only had a limited amount of clay, Right? So if you're a potter and you make a pot out of clay, okay, you made the pot. Now what's the next part? You got to fire it up. But well, what happens sometimes when you fire it up, John? It cracks. How many of y'all know some cracked pots? I'm just saying. No, but it, it cracks, right? Oh my goodness. What, how many of y'all want to buy a cracked pot? Put your soup in. It was made for honorable and dishonorable. They went to the bathroom in those pots. How many of y'all want a cracked toilet? I'm just saying. Anybody want a cracked pot for anything? Only to crack it up and make a mosaic or something, but... But nobody wanted to buy a cracked pot, so he just lost that asset from his field. You know what a scrupulous potter would have done? He'd have broke it up and done something else with it, maybe made a mosaic. Unscrupulous people would take the crack and fill it with wax. Then they would paint it or glaze it, and they would sell it as though it was brand new and beautiful. And then they would give it to sell it to an unsuspecting customer. That customer would get it home, and put some hot soup in it, and what would happen? Oh, dude, leaked all over. It was disappointing. So what people would now do, sincere, is they would hold it up to the light when they bought it, and they would see if it was sincere, if it was without wax. Because the light would shine through, and if it wasn't what it appeared to be, held under the light, it was not sincere. You get it? So the kind of employee you are, the kind of person you are—if someone were to hold you up to the light, would you be who you appear to be? He said, "That's how you're supposed to serve. That's how you would serve Christ, who can see right through you. That's how you serve your boss, because you're not—you're work, not working for your boss at Old, at old Florida. Who are you working for? Yeah. So when you don't want to wash your finger and you got to stir that coffee with your finger, no, I'm just a joke, dude. That—would you do that for Jesus?" Uh, you know what, we're, we're going to talk more about this, and, and I, I got to tell you this story super quick, but one time, Terry, because you always make fun of me, I'm at the boat ramp, and I'm the guy who's at the boat ramp a long time, because I wash my boat, I, I, I got city water there, right, man, it's like, but one time, it's really your fault, okay, because not your fault, but you're part of the story, one time, it's not his fault, <laughs> she's part of the story, but one time I got the boat, I remember taking Captain Mac out and saying, I don't even know if I'm supposed to have this boat. What am I supposed to do with the boat? He's like, well, one thing, if you take the boat, you got to love cleaning the boat. And I'm thinking, dude, I don't know if that's going to happen. But I started falling in love with cleaning the boat. And here's how it happened. One day I pull it up to the, to the wash up there at Blum, and I start cleaning the boat. And I was doing sort of a halfway job. Anybody, I know you, you clean boats for a living, don't you? If you have a business, y'all want, don't want to clean your own boat? We got a couple of people. Where's Matthew? Y'all, y'all clean boats, but I didn't have that luxury, man. And I started, I did a halfway job. I sprayed some stuff off and I was walking off and God like tapped me on the shoulder. Can't even tell you he did what he did. He's like, are you done? I'm like, yeah, I'm tired, God. It's been a long day. It's hot. And there's a line of traffic. And he's like, if you borrowed Terry's boat, would you return it in this condition? <laughs> And I was like, no, I would clean it spick and span. I'd make it better than than when I got it. I'd fill the gas tank up. I'd do all of that. And he said, but you're going to return my boat like that? Because my boat ain't my boat. It's God's boat. He said, you're going to return my boat that way? So now I clean his boat because it's his boat. That's how we're supposed to work. You don't work for that corporation. You don't work for that organization. Who is your boss, y'all? Christ. Flip next one, JJ. He said, not by way of eye service, as people pleasers. You know eye service and people pleasers? That means you do a good job when what's happening, Karen. When boss is looking, man. Only How many, how many of y'all know people? You work with people. Obviously, it's not you, okay? How many of y'all know people or have ever seen people they only do a good job when the boss is looking? Or the boss leaves and they start slacking, right? It's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I hope that's not you. And after this message, it can't be you. But by the way, not by the way of I service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of who? Who are you a slave of? Christ. Yeah, this dude may own you. And yes, you are owned by your boss. I'm just saying that's why you go to work a lot of times. And again, you can quit, but you know, the, the, because we've created so much debt, I can't quit. How am I going to pay my debt? And, and so on. And Proverbs does talk about that. In Proverbs, it says the borrower is servant to the lender reason you keep paying it, you keep doing it, going to work is so you can pay your debt off first. But as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from where? Your heart. That's where you work from is your heart. Whatever your job is, you do it from your heart. You put your heart and your soul into it. How many bosses wish they had employees that did that? How many employees wish they had bosses that did that? goes both ways, man. And as Christians, that's what we're supposed to do. Lucinda, could God not give you another job if he wanted? You've already been through that with him. You preached half my message. You just did it a lot quicker. I'm just saying, it was like, yeah, you, you went through it all, but this is where he wants you for right now. And he's a big enough God to change you. But while you're there, you're working for him. As bondservants of Christ, look at this, doing the will of God. We talked about from the heart, but doing the will of God. So why are you being a good servant, Chrissy? Why are you being a good servant? Whose will is it that you, that, that you work where you work and that God is your boss? You're like, well, you don't know my boss, he ain't God. But yes, it is, God's your boss. Whose will is it? It's God's will. So many people are like, oh, I just wanna know the will of God. Yeah, it, to do what you're supposed to do while you're where you're at. Do a good job on your job. That's the will of God, look what he says. And look what the result is rendering service with good will as to the Lord and not to man. So guess what? Have you ever done your job and your boss is like, oh yeah, that's a piece of crap? <laughs> or you did your job and you're like, Yeah, here, try again, you know? Or you did everything you had, and they're just like, oh my goodness. Yeah, you know, they yeah, thanks. You put your heart and soul and, and they didn't care. Have anybody ever like done that and didn't get the result they wanted from the boss? Yeah. They just kind of like blew it off. They kind of threw it away, kind of. Well, guess what? If you were doing it for the boss, you'd be disappointed, right? But what if you were doing it for Lord? If you were doing it for the Lord, Tom, is he satisfied? Yeah. yeah he knows everything. Half the time, that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to be, he even used it in the previous word, don't be people pleasers, not eye service. We're serving the Lord and the lord is watching and that's why we do what lord wants instead of what maybe man wants us to do which he does again sometimes we violate our principles sometimes we won't quit because well i got to do the job we got to do what god wants us to do but most of the time god wants us to obey our boss and when he sees the job we've done he's pretty stoked about it he's excited about that Rendering service with a goodwill as to who? The Lord and not man. Super quick, I've told you this before, I've got to tell it again real super quick. When Ashley was in college, Ashley and JJ had married housing. Dude, they were living Taj Mahal in this little tiny square hut that they had a washer, dryer, refrigerator. Man, they had a stove. They had everything that the kids in the dorms wanted and didn't have. My son was in the dorms. And so my son was like, oh yeah, I'm special. I can go over there. Ashley will feed me. Ashley will do my laundry. Ashley will cook for me. Ashley will do all this. And so he was, Ashley was doing it. Yeah. Ashley was doing it for him. And I talked to Ashley and she was like, I'm getting a little frustrated with my brother Matt. And I'm like, why? Well, I'm doing all this for him and he's not changing. So what were you doing it for? You were doing it. Well, you were doing it for the Lord, but the wrong, you were doing it so Matt would change. You weren't doing it because God said, do it, and you did it. You were looking for a change. That's not love, that's manipulation. And God had to show me something important with all of this, but she was doing it, and and the more she did this for my son, the more my son was like, just go in the opposite direction. I didn't get to talk to my son a whole lot, but one day, I was talking to Ashley, and I said, Ashley, Colossians 3.23, you can write that verse down too. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly and do it for the Lord because that's where the reward's going to come from. I said, do it for the Lord. Don't you cook for him unless God tells you to. Don't do laundry for him unless God tells you to. And and one day she didn't cook and he ate some like five week old spaghetti. (laughs) And the Lord taught him a little lesson right there, But I'm just saying... I'm just saying, don't do anything unless the Lord tells you to do it. But if you're obeying your boss, Lord, know the Lord's telling you to do it unless it's violating scripture, okay? But she started doing it, asking God, so guess what, when Matt wasn't doing what she wanted him to do, was she upset anymore? No, she was pleasing the Lord. Later, I had a conversation with Matt, and I'm like, hey, Matt, how's things going in college? All right, except my sister's trying to boss me around like, what do you mean? Well, she's cooking for me and doing these things, and, and she's trying to like, bribe me, to get me to do things she wants me to do. She's manipulating me. And I said, well, how are you responding to that? <coughs> he said, oh, I'm making her life miserable. I'm doing just the opposite. And I said, well, how's it going now? So he picked it out, knew she was doing that, and he was totally doing the opposite. And I said, how's it now? He says, well, it's better now that she's not trying to manipulate me anymore. When you start doing things just out of love for the Lord, you start seeing they become more successful. How many of y'all love to be manipulated? How many of y'all wake up, God, please send me somebody to manipulate me today? No, wouldn't we rather have somebody love us today? If people are doing something to get an expected return, that's manipulation. If you're doing it because you're doing it for the Lord, it's true love. You're doing it out of love. And man, when someone's doing it out of love, what would you do for somebody who loves you? whatever, probably, you would love them back. Rendering service with good will as to the Lord and not to man, J.J., knowing that whatever, listen to this, so we know it's God's will, we know we're working for God, knowing that whatever good anyone does, that he will receive back from the Lord. So who's gonna give you the reward? Where does payday really come from? Yeah, payday, pay, well, I'm not doing that. That's below my pay grade. (laughs) I'm not doing that because it ain't worth it. Well, it is if God gave you the job. When we go out on the sandbars, y'all, we get these little conch, man, and little shells. Remember, Carolee, all those little shells. We saw how many different beautiful colors. And what was their entire job in life? Decaying matter. That was their job, to eat decaying matter. Hey, how important is it that something eats decaying matter? Huge, right? But I don't see y'all two signing up for that job, right? I don't see none of y'all sign up for eating decaying matter job. Anybody? No? Even though it's important. So, one, next time you think it's beyond your pay grade or whatever, ask, thank God for not making you a critter that eats decaying matter. But second of all, why is their job so important? Barb, why is their job so important? Because who gave it to them? God. God gave it to them. That's what makes your job important, is that God gave it to you. It's not the job. It's what God gave you to do he out of everybody in the universe he picked you to be able to do that so you'll receive back from the lord whether you're a bond or free go ahead jj and then he goes on and says masters i don't have to preach long on this because he says masters do the same to them (laughs) that's all he tells the, the the people who are in charge do the same to them and stop your threatening knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven so who's the boss's boss who's the employee's boss Who's the boss? Yeah, no matter what position you have. Because you may have a boss and be a boss and have other bosses under you and other bosses. It can get confusing, but he said, hey, I'm the boss of all of you. Remember when you guys used to say that to each other, uh, brother and sister, you're not the boss of me. (laughs) Well, God is. Look at this. Knowing he who is their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. Bottom line, you're a boss, you got a lot of responsibility. You got a lot of responsibility. You're an employee, you got a lot of responsibility. You're a husband, you got a lot of responsibility. You're, you're a wife, you've got a lot of responsibility. You're a child, you got a lot of responsibility. You're a parent, you got a lot of responsibility because God gave it to you. And one day you're going to answer to Him. And this is how He designed the world to work, but it's not the way it's working. But in our own little corner, all I want you to do is start asking the question. When you see yourself with a choice, am I going to do it my way or am I going to do it Yahweh? Yahweh. Everybody help me out on that. Thank you for all two of you. Are you going to do it my way or are you going to do it? All right. And we choose that. And if you've never given your life to Christ, you're going to keep doing it my way. And it's not going to work out. And if you have a desire right now to give your life to Christ, just do it. Because when you do it, Yahweh, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. He says everything works out. That's what He wants you to do. And it's a great deal. We can choose His way in this system and quit being played by this world. Let's pray. Father, thank You for loving us. Thank You for giving us this passage of Scripture. Father, we're only here for a short period of time. Soon, everything's going down. I don't know when, but soon... even our We may die. You may come back. It's not going to last forever. And compared to eternity, it's so short. So, Father, I pray that we would see life in light of eternity. And for salvation, I pray if there's somebody here that doesn't know they're saved, they they don't know they're going to heaven when they die, that you would give them the desire and ability to believe that when they surrender all they know about themselves to you, that they will receive eternal life and you will save them forever. You'll put a desire in them now to do things your way and have boldness and courage to do it your way and to reap the benefits of that, not only now, but forever. Father, remind us of those benefits. Remind us of when we gave you our life. Remind us the fact that you purchased us with the most valuable thing anyone could be purchased of, and that makes us valuable to you. To the world we're worthless, but to you, you spent it all on us. Thank you. Help us to fall more in love with you so we can fall more in love with each other. And I pray for these things in Jesus name. Amen.